0: I'm Christine Levine, and you're listening to Found Dead.
1: My name is Rick, and I found six dead bodies. Chest open, completely bled out. Call the police, there's a lady out here dead. Tongue out, pale as can be, his head is gone.
0: Today's episode, The Body on the Roadway. Last week, I sat down with my friend Rick in Arizona to discuss the strange reality of finding six bodies over the course of his life, beginning as only a toddler and finding his infant sister passed away in her crib and stretching all the way through to an OD in prison. Anyone could agree that Rick has probably seen enough, but life isn't like that. And Rick still had more bodies out there waiting for him.
1: Body number four, a few years later. A
0: few years later, still in prison.
1: Still in prison, different place, mm-hmm. different setup. There was a lot of tension going on. And uh, we you can feel when there's tension. You kind of know things are happening. So the day before this, there was a ton of tension, a lot of activity on the yard, a lot of political activity on the yard. And then it was the next day. And again, was walking, like walking around the track with a friend and as typical with me, I had to go to the bathroom. So I had to dip out to go to the bathroom and I went to go and I opened a stall and there's a gentleman who had very recently been stabbed to death.
0: That's very violent.
1: Very, oh, it was very violent. It was very graphic. I mean, it was, it was neck cut, head mostly severed, chest open, completely bled out. And the way the floor was set up, there was a drain. So it had like drain so you couldn't see unless you were like looking down under things you couldn't oh. see so it was a, quite a shock that was the one time i'm like i'm not doing anything about this
0: you didn't do anything
1: i didn't do anything
0: did you go to the bathroom
1: i did not <laughs>
0: <laughs> at that point was i was like i know
1: everything. i pushed it i stood there for probably f- four seconds and that's maybe be a, being a little over exaggerating i don't know and I just let the door shut and I walked out the door. Yeah. And I told nobody for a long time. Really? Yeah.
0: At some point they found the body.
1: Yes. Within about 15 minutes, somebody else had, but I never said that I was the first one in there. I didn't want to answer questions. I didn't want to talk to authorities about any of it. I didn't want to be involved. And it was also somebody of another race. Which makes a big difference in that situation.
0: That's just not anything that you want to deal with? Nothing. No. Nothing
1: to do with. I didn't tell anybody on the yard. I didn't tell any of my friends until months later.
0: The guy you were with, like, he knew you were headed to the bathroom?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Did he ask you? No. No.
1: Oh, he didn't ask me. Did he ask me if I had known he was there?
0: Yeah. If Like, did you see? I don't think he put it together. Put it together, no. All you'd need is just one dude to place you... Right. There.
1: Mm-hmm. And not not necessarily an issue with authorities, but an issue with the inmates.
0: Yeah. His friends or whatever. Whatever. You have friends. And- you,
1: do. you do. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and you and, and sometimes prison. it's really hard to walk away and leave them behind. Yeah. You bond heavy. You have to. You have to create a world of your own. You have to create a family of some sort. Right. You just have to. You don't have a choice.
0: And then so many people in prison, though, that's just Trauma bonds, you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. And those are very tight. They are. Well, R.I.P.
1: <laughs> Whoever you were.
0: Whoever you were. Oh, yeah. man.
1: Sorry that happened to you. I never liked the idea of somebody dying there if they had an out date. If that makes sense. If they have a release date, I don't feel I never liked seeing somebody not make their release date. It also makes you worry about your, your mortality.
0: Obviously, you're just like, I could be next, mm-hmm. or I could, this could happen to me. I mean, he got stabbed, but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was about?
1: I know now. What oh, you about. do? Yeah.
0: What a, Can you tell me?
1: Oh, it, was no. a, it was about drugs?
0: It was about drugs. Mm-hmm. I was going to guess.
1: Yeah, it was about drugs.
0: Jesus. Of uh,
1: money owed.
0: I just can't imagine that in prison, the amount of money could have been a lot.
1: Oh, no. It was probably a few hundred bucks.
0: A few hundred dollars. That's what I mean.
1: But in there, a few hundred dollars is a few thousand out here.
0: Did they catch anybody for doing that? Yeah.
1: Of oh, course, no. people start to tell real quick.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I find when I'm watching my little murder shows or whatever, almost always, it's not because the police did a great job.
1: No, it's never that.
0: No, it's because... It's luck for the police. It's luck. It's because people cannot...
1: Keep their mouth shut or they take their phone with them to kill people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They take their phone with them. They can't keep their mouth shut. They just... It's not because the police were like, oh no, we were really smart. Yeah. And we just figured it out.
1: Yeah, that doesn't.
0: No, it's because you got lucky. You got tipped off. Right. Because people, you know what I think? I think they love attention. Yeah. And it's that, that they just go, I know something. You mm-hmm. don't
1: know. Yep.
0: And cops are lucky.
1: So I get out finally. <laughs>
0: you get out. Congratulations. Um,
1: my, thank you. My case was a little convoluted. There was a lot of stuff that happened with that case that wasn't accurate. So once I was out and able to fight things, very quickly had stuff expunged and sealed and stuff like that. Years go by. Lots of years go by, I guess. I've got a real life job. I have a real life life. You know what I mean? And that stuff's in the past. And I don't think about it as often. At this point, I've been through my first year of two of PTSD therapy. Um, I had to because I couldn't go into restaurants, I couldn't have my back to crowds, you know.
0: Yeah. I couldn't all go that to, trauma from, I couldn't
1: go to movies. know,
0: being in prison. Yeah. Just leftover over You can't,
1: you can't I mean this is probably a different time a different podcast someday, but you can't leave your eyes closed long. Even if you think you're the safest guy in the world, you're not. There's always somebody that doesn't like you.
0: Yeah. It would be just like being on high alert with a bunch of predators all the time. Yeah,
1: for eight years, six months and twelve days.
0: Whoa. Yeah, constantly. So what was the therapy that you said you had?
1: I had EMDR therapy. What is that? That's light and sound therapy. The great thing about this is I didn't have to rehash trauma. You just walk through remembering it to yourself, and there's lights and sound and vibration. And the goal of that therapy is to move these traumas, what my therapist called sunburns, to long-term memory rather than having it frontal lobe, recent memory. So trauma will sit right behind your eyeballs, basically, and every time you're triggered, it's like it's happening. So, this therapy pushes that into long term memory to help it be foggy and less easily. T- you have to work to retrieve those memories, right? Uh-huh. So, that's that's what that therapy was, and it's incre- it was incredible. I purposely didn't like Google it before I started because I was told not to, and it was inc- it's incredible. Like I can sit. The only reason I can sit here and talk to you about this is because of that therapy.
0: Oh, that's incredible! I want this now. It's amazing. Oh, I get that. That mm. sounds great. Yeah. I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it. So. You did get therapy, and this for prison for all the trauma, or just
1: for all of it? When we when it. I started the therapy, he said, "Let's just start from let's just start from your very first sunburn. What do you think your first sunburn is?" And I said, "I think it's when my grandmother died." He goes, "Okay," and then he said, "Let's do just a little bit of family history." And I talked about my sister, and he said, "Okay, listen, oh, dude,
0: right,
1: listen, dude, <laughs> <laughs> don't trick
0: yourself, don't
1: trick yourself. You're We need to go back, you know, twenty years from there,
0: absolutely, from when
1: your grandmother died. That's where we start."
0: He must have been like holy shit. Kind of like me right now. He must have been like oh my if god. If he
1: was, he never showed it. Oh, really? He was a consummate professional. I'm he was so a, glad. Yes. He was like he he never showed it as much as I was waiting. Yes. For the oh god or the the look, the yeah. look. Oh yeah. And uh he never did So
0: I had a psychiatrist get him. His eyes welled up. Yeah, and that broke my heart. That made me feel worse. Yes. and I never saw him again.
1: I had a therapist right before this therapist that happened too, where and it, and she, my my my, not that it matters, but my trauma therapist was a man, uh-huh. but my therapist therapist was a, a woman, and I just don't think she could handle it. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if it was connection to to child stuff. I don't know.
0: Well, they've got their own.
1: They got their own stuff, and know, she's yeah. the one that said, "I can't do this." With you, because it was too much for her. Then you go, oh my god, what's wrong with me? (laughs) You know that too. Yeah, and and then that's when I was referred to true, because I I was like, PTSD is for soldiers, you know. This isn't. And then I, they're like, no, come on, Mm -hmm. you know, let's go do this. You need to do this, and I did.
0: Yeah, I think I think PTSD. I agree with you. I feel like there's a little. I feel like when I say I've got. PTSD, like oh, that's a little stolen valor for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it either.
1: Or you're being dramatic.
0: Or you're, you're dramatic, yeah. yeah. Because I, there's so much stuff that has that didn't happen to me. Right. It has happened to other people mm-hmm. that have had it way worse. Yeah. And I just feel like oh, we can't equate these two things. Right. But it it isn't the, the the trauma is did it fuck you up? Right. And if it did, that's trauma.
1: And let's be honest, that's it. prison is a war zone.
0: It always is. Absolutely. It
1: is. It's a war zone, whether you're an inmate or a cop, a CO. And you're always at war with the, the authority if you're an inmate. Yeah. You're always at war racially. You're always at war with people trying to have power.
0: There's no safety. No There's no safety at any time. At any time. For eight years,
1: six months and 12 days.
0: <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. What happens when musicians and audio engineers channel their creativity into a coffee company? You get Decibel Coffee Works. For owners Nick Heinig, Dana Fair, and Ian Hodges, the music and art communities provide them with daily inspiration. At Decibel Coffee Works, they share that inspiration in liquid form, bringing you their best coffee and favorite artists. Decibel Coffee Works purchases their ingredients from sustainable sources, providing a truly exceptional product while contributing to the longevity of the coffee industry. Whether you're shipping their excellent coffee straight into your drip machine at home or sipping a fresh cappuccino inside their cafe in Tucson, Arizona, we know you'll love what you get. You can go to decibelcoffeeworks.com today to learn more. And if you pop by the cafe, let them know that Found Dead sent you. And now back to the show. Well, thank God you got the therapy that you needed. And it worked. Well, then this
1: effective. happened. And then, <laughs>
0: yeah. And then there was more.
1: Then there was more. Body so, number? Body number five. Body. So I'm I'm an insurance adjuster at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, got my life together, can pass background checks, you know. Yay! And uh, I'm going to Sierra Vista to do my job. And I stop right along the highways where they meet there in Sierra Vista. There's like a truck stop there. I can't remember what it's called and I pull in there and I park my car and I'm going to go in and as I get out of my car I never I don't like ding, so I park way out always so I parked my car and I was going to go in and I kind of glanced over towards the little tree line and I went oh no I, no. Like, I went oh no and I kind of looked and I'm like fuck and it was a homeless woman oh, under no. the tree with her little stuff all around her tongue out pale no. as can be dead
0: oh my god There goes your day.
1: There goes my day. There goes an extra six months of therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And you again. Bless you. You Mm. did the right thing. I
1: went to the bathroom first this time.
0: Good for you. Because she's not going to
1: get... She's not going to get undead. Nope. Nope. She's dead.
0: That bun has been baked. Yes. You cannot uncook it.
1: And this time I walked up to the lady in the store and I said, can you call the police? There's a lady out here dead. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to use my phone, you know what I mean? Right. Like I wanted separation. Again, there's that look. She didn't want to do it till she saw for herself. So she walked with me, then she freaked out. Uh-huh. This this young girl freaks out. And so I'm like Ugh and now she's going to have trauma.
0: Right. But now you've got a story, and now you've got trauma. You're welcome. Yeah. You're, look, you should have nice.
1: just called the police like I asked you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think mean, it's so... It's not funny because it's happened to her, but it's... We've been there. We know. Right. And you're right. She should have just called the police like you told her, but no.
1: No. I got to go see if yeah. this guy's a liar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: And again, there I am. Six, seven hours.
0: Yeah and they take your statement take
1: my statement have to write it all down why are
0: you here my where car are you from? they wanted
1: my car to stay where it was so they could take pictures because they didn't know how she died mm-hmm. you know it was unattended you know so they might make sure she wasn't murdered
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah they you know wanted my dna swab
0: that is so undignified it is just to be treated like that
1: and i even said my dna is in the system
0: right <laughs> you can find
1: You it. just go find it
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> look it up <laughs> um, did you ever find out anything about this woman? Nothing at all.
1: I like looked to see if there was like newspaper stuff, but she was homeless. Nobody cared.
0: Unfortunately that is how yeah, it yeah. happens. Nobody cared. They I won't I mean sometimes they can't even find their families. Or mm-hmm. I don't even know if they try. I know that um in Tucson there is a Like a group of people that will try to find the family members of immigrants Mm -hmm. that have crossed the desert and passed away in the desert. And
1: And it had snowed. It had snowed the night before. So maybe she froze. I don't know. You don't I don't know. Don't know how old she was. Don't know. Yeah.
0: How old did she look?
1: She looked to be about 50, I would say. So she's probably 30. Probably 30.
0: I mean the the yeah. road looks rough on, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She even I remember the cardboard sign sheet that was laying next to her. I couldn't see the words. I just remember it laying on the ground. Oh,
0: so she had been out like on busking on, her Like record. on
1: the on-ramp. on ramp. Yeah.
0: On the on ramp. Oh my god. I mean, it's nice of you that you stayed. Mm-hmm. Like you waited for the cops to come and you did your whole. Yeah. Your whole bit.
1: Yeah, because I guess I know that if I just left and somebody wrote down my license plate number or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's a lot more drama. Let's just get it out of the way now.
0: All over with,
1: with. All over with. Put
0: it behind you. Make a phone call. Get more therapy. <laughs> right. That's
1: it. Yeah. Hey, guess what?
0: <laughs> God, that's so crazy. Yeah, you just think like, okay, this is behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm moving forward. My life is good. Right. And then, and
1: hopefully, all the all of it will be like hospice related with parents or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, yeah,
0: the, the death from now on is going to be normal. Normal.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: and able to handle it. And right. sur- yeah, surrounded by loved ones. Mm-hmm. The right way.
1: The right way. One more.
0: One more. All right.
1: It was about two years after that. Same job. Uh-huh. So I'm out, in the, I'm out driving all day. I'm heading down a road in Tucson, and there's a gentleman that had ran across the road and stopped in the median. And as I passed him, he ran right behind my car and got hit by a van. Oh, my God. And he got thrown. I hit the brakes. I saw it in the mirror. hit the brakes, he got thrown so far forward, I get out of my car as soon as I can, and I go to help him, and his head is gone. What? It's just a watermelon, basically, everywhere. And this 17 and a half year old girl was driving this old beat up minivan. It just obliterated this man. I realized I had stepped on stuff,
0: you stopped. You were. I got out of my you car. You were just like. Uh, I
1: stopped. You want to I also her. have a dash cam in my car all the time.
0: Oh. So
1: I had him in my camera. Right. And I remember when the police came, they took my camera and I never got the, f- they took the footage and I didn't get to keep it or anything. But right. anyway, so I was like, oh, I need to get out of this brain matter, <laughs> you know, and
0: oh. yeah.
1: And then I needed to keep her out of it.
0: So you did. Did you keep her from looking or.
1: I said, yeah, she tried to come and I said, just go that way. Just go that way. And she had a kid in the car. And I'm like, go that way and take yourself and that child far away from here. By happenstance, there was a fire truck in a parking lot nearby that had heard the accident. And they came out really fast. They were like, ran over.
0: My first feeling about this is that is disgusting.
1: It was pretty gross.
0: That is really gross. So you had his brains on your shoes? (laughs) On my shoes, yeah. Did you throw your shoes away? No. I don't
1: think I threw, no. no, I think I was. I I remember I was. It was by the park, the mm-hmm. big park in the middle of the town there, and I I just went over and like on the grass. Just wiped your shoes. But I didn't want to get what it in my you car. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, don't you want to get it in my car.
0: No, you <laughs> love your car. You have nice cars. <laughs> and it it is a weird. There's like this a practicality. Mm. You think like, oh, it, this rain. That's a treasure to somebody. You know, that's yeah. his family and his. Mm-hmm. Well they gotta bury them with it. Well no no, no. not all of
1: it. No, because the fire truck just used their hoses and washed it down the down the street, yeah.
0: They don't scoop it?
1: Oh no. They once they took the body out, they just got the hoses off the fire truck and just rinsed it all into the storm drains.
0: Whoa. And did that cost you your day?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, what was I that? remember texting my family and being like, "I'm stuck. I'm not going anywhere. My you car, just know. my car's stuck on this road. Like, they're not going to let it go. Like, I'm screwed. They took my dash cam. I'm like, I'm done. I even had to call work, and I'm done.
0: Right. You're just done for I'm the done. day. Yeah. You witnessed an accident, an and accident.
1: I needed to call my therapist. Right.
0: Speed <laughs> dial. <laughs> 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 it happened again. Yeah. Right. That's it's almost
1: a shrug of the shoulders at this point.
0: Man. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny that. You just know the drill now. Mm-hmm. You know the phone call. You know how much time this is going to take. Yeah. You're like, here's my fingerprints. Here's <laughs> right. my, okay, whatever you right. need. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Fine. Do the police ever offer any kind of counseling or sympathy or how are they ever towards you? Were they like ever kind? No. No.
1: Not one time. Even the firefighters at that last scene, I was in the way but no, they're never, never nice. They're, they're like, it's a, it's a burden for them. And and they're not, they don't care how you feel about it. They see this crap all day, every day. So for them, it's just, this is what we do. The, this is the choice of profession. We, this is what we do. So they don't, they, in my opinion, they don't give a crap about how you feel about it. That's on you. I don't know how you're going to get home, but Deal with it. Deal with it.
0: You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You're a big boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's funny that, you know, they don't ever say that all firemen are bastards, mm. but they might they, be too. Who knows?
1: <laughs> they were super nice to that girl that hit oh, the guy. Good. Like they were really careful with her, but she was hy- hysterical. Right. I wasn't. I was yeah. stoic, I guess, or just like, like I said, eh. and then I was like, I got to stop looking at this. Like I got to quit staring. I, I want to be completely honest about this. There was a compulsion to get my phone out and take pictures. I don't know if it was to prove I was there Uh or just because I had the ability. Yeah. And I had to force it down and not do that.
0: I admire that.
1: Others were taking pictures. I bet they were. But I made a choice not to. I had to fight the compulsion to not do it. But then it was on the news and my car was on the TV. So I was like, well, there's that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously, so you're married. I am married. And you go home to your husband. And what is that conversation like?
1: Well, I mean, he, he had been texted through the whole mm-hmm. thing, you know, and my my mom too. I'm sure he's
0: worried about you, though. Yeah, he knows what you've been through.
1: Yes, and I think I just I think he's a little more sensitive than I am. I'm careful. I was. I'm very careful with the details, even in my in my history. Like I I saw my uncle's whole murder book. I found it by accident when I was like five.
0: We'll be right back. Hi, Christine here. I just wanted to come in and say that if you have been enjoying our show, we'd love it if you would go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a five-star review and share our episodes on social media. It'll help new people find our show so that we can keep bringing you great stories of finding dead bodies. It's just the way everyone wants to start their Friday morning. And now back to the show. How has this affected your views on death? Do you have any thoughts about the afterlife?
1: Oddly enough, my husband and I talked about this yesterday because I was coming to do this. My whole life, I've been mortified and terrified to die. Obviously can attribute that to my grandmother's behavior. I'm getting, I'm older now. I'm not feeling that as much as I used to. I used to, if I just thought for half a second about my own death, I'd get anxiety and I would get sick to my stomach, and I would get scared, and I don't know exactly why, but as I'm getting older and slower and sore, yeah, I feel like it might be a little more, it's less scary now. I don't know why I'm so scared of
0: it. I understand that. I used to be the same way, very, very terrified, and I don't even want to think about it or... I even would think, like, there's got to be a way. I got to have a way out of it. Right. I'd be the first one to not do this. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah,
1: me too. Like, how do I avoid it?
0: But now as I get older and, yeah, my joints hurt and stuff and I've been sick, I've gone, oh, now I get it. Right. Now I know why it's okay. Yeah, because you get sick of it.
1: You get sick of it. Yeah,
0: you're just like fuck it.
1: Yeah, and I often ask myself, do I want to go like in an instant in an accident or something, or would I, do I want to be sick?
0: That was my next question. And I, I, think, kinda I, I, I kinda think
1: I I kind of think I want to be sick. Because I think I wanna feel that, okay, I'm ready to do this mm-hmm. that other people have told me about. Which means that that's not how I'm gonna die, right? <laughs> right.
0: But, Nobody gets yeah, what they want. They never get what you want. And
1: and I'm because of my life, I am a control freak. I have to control my environment at all times. You can't control it. No. You just can't control it. And and I know that from my experiences that you just can't control it. And that's the scary part, right? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just never know. And poof. Sometimes I just feel like I don't get it. Why are we here? What are we doing? What's the point? And then I have to to try to find purpose in it all. And because of my trauma and time I lost in my life, I find myself consistently beating myself up and being like, I can't change it. And, And it's hard for me to be happy. People often ask me, well, what do you do for fun? I don't have an answer for that. I never, I don't know we do lots of fun things mm-hmm. i don't remember what joy feels like
0: you still can't relax
1: i can't relax i just don't know what just a moment of pure i mean i had one of the most beautiful weddings ever and i was controlling it you know like and and it was sort of in a public space and i was worried about what might happen i go to the movies i sit in the very back row so i can see everything I go to a restaurant anywhere. I have to see the doors. Like I, I have to be facing doors. So your life becomes a series of rituals. That's how I cope. Even though the PTSD therapy was amazing. He said, and it's true, you're not going to get rid of all of it. You'll be stuck with rituals. You just will. There's no way around it. Like, mm-hmm. And those are the ways that you survive. Emotionally survive. Yeah. And That one time I have my back to the door, is that when that crazy mass shooter is going to walk in, you know, and I can't get my husband under the table fast enough, or I can't take the bullet or whatever. And when I have my nieces and nephews, I'm terrified. What's good? What if something happens, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't let anything happen.
0: But you are so loving and so kind and you're just an amazing friend and I love you so much. And I'm sorry all this shit happened to you, but it's made you who you are Mm -hmm. and- We love you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for coming on the show. Absolutely. For Rick, the bodies he found were a curse he couldn't escape. And every day held the possibility of another horrifying discovery. But sometimes finding a body isn't a burden or a surprise. Sometimes it's a job. We'll hear that story next week in The Bodies in the Morgue. I woke up in the middle of the night and I could smell the decomposing body in my apartment. Found Dead is a Levine Entertainment production. This show is produced and edited by Nora Williams. Our logo is by Nora Williams, based on a design by Chris Levine. Our theme music is Autumn Sunset by Jason Shaw. The interview you heard today was edited for length and clarity. If you found someone dead and would like to tell your story, reach out to us through email at foundeadpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at founddeadpod. Oh, <laughs> I love you so much, babe, babe, babe. Oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I love you, babe. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing this stuff. With me. Oh, I'm going to get some <laughs> some some opioids. <laughs> <laughs>